This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Hello, and welcome to the Theology Gaming Podcast. My name is Zachary Oliver, the owner and proprietor of the Theology Gaming Blog. With me today are two special guests. They are M. Joshua Collar. Hi, how are you doing? Hi, good morning, and whatever it is, wherever you are. <laughs> and Ted Loring. Hey, hello, everybody. Hey, and this is the early morning podcast, as you might be able to tell. <laughs> Depends. <sighs> I've had a lot of coffee, and I'm ready and roaring to go. <laughs> <laughs> Don't yawn too much. I read that you can dislocate your jaw if you yawn too heavily. I heard they're contagious. You know, they spread. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry for that. I can't believe this. <laughs> a cell phone call in the middle of a podcast. No, no, that's my uh, Game Gear. You <laughs> know, <laughs> <Even> worse. <laughs> so I had the volume up on my quality Game Gear. All right. Game Gear games all this time. Well, yeah, I got Centipede and um, Missile Command right now currently on it on a little Atari uh, cartridge, and it's kind of fun. It's very easy. So didn't mean for it to come up like that. I was going to try and quietly play <laughs> while you guys were talking. Well, too bad. We're all on a webcam, so you can't quietly do anything. <laughs> all right. Well, tell us about it then, since you're... Uh... That you seem to be so enamored with Game Gears lately. <laughs> I have really loved the Game Gear. And basically, it's probably the first blog entry I've written in a month. And I wanted to write about my experience of buying a box filled with various Game Gear parts. Uh, I had f- five Game Gears in it, and none of them worked. And I managed, through the miracle of science and persistence, <laughs> get one beautifully working one out of the, the box. And it came with a ton of games. It came with a couple of uh, battery packs, which all have dead batteries, but that's what you had to do back in the day with these things because they would just eat up all uh, six batteries there in the back. You have three per side that you had to use. Yeah, six double A's to get five hours tops of uh, battery life. So I've been just, uh, number one, trying to get it working, and I did that. So now I'm just going through this stack of about 35 old games and finding that some are pretty good and some are pretty bad. <laughs> That's a common theme with Game Gear. Yeah, well, yeah, Game Gear and games in general, too. Yeah. I, yeah. I think I had one, and then I was going to trade it into GameStop, and they were like, we're going to give you like $20 for this whole thing. And I'm like, no way. Yeah. I had like that in like 15 games, and then some guy was like, I'll take that off your hands for 50 And I'm like, sure, take it. <laughs> yeah, 50 bucks. Yeah, I mean, that's what I pay for this whole box. And I figure I got one working game uh, system and the other cartridges going. Also, a carrying case, which is a little bit worn for the years, but still is, has the Sega logo on it and all of that. And there was a little surprise in the middle of the box. There were some 3D glasses with this plug. And I was like, I don't remember them making a 3D glasses for the Game Gear. Really? What's going on with that? Uh, it turns out it's 3D glasses for the Sega Master System, which, again, is sort of equal to the NES. Oh, uh, yeah, time yeah, yeah. And quality. They made a, a set of 3D glasses. Now, I don't own any 3D games yet for that system, but that was, that was the real treasure, really, to find that. Yeah, I think the Road Rash-esque kind of game. Yeah, what's that game? Harrier? Space Harrier was one that was 3D. Yeah. 
Road Rash was one that was 3D. Master on System the... has a couple. I think right. it's, only, it's only the old model. Uh, Afterburner. There's a yeah. version of Afterburner that's 3D it's as well. Only the old model Master System has the 3D, I think. Oh, maybe because the old model had that card yeah. slot thing. It's, I hear, it's a yeah. card slot. Because the original model is the only one that has games that are built into the system without any cartridge inserted. So if you just turn the system on, there'll be two games. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think you're right. I remember hearing something about that, but I don't know if I've ever done that. If I've ever just turned <laughs> it on. You should try it. You know, no, I've been trained. You don't <laughs> turn on the game systems without cartridges or the world will explode. Yeah. And so, and, and dust, uh, of course, dust. that would be eschatology, and we're not talking about that this week. Or, or lostology. <laughs> yeah so that's what really what I've been doing uh, it's interesting it's what I've been doing what I've been playing other than that I beat uh, Legend of Zelda Link Between Worlds on the 3DS oh wow I find your, lately, the ultimate consensus is a great game top to bottom front to back inside outside just just well done uh, it's weird that the games that I seem to be Finishing or beating nowadays are all on the 3DS. Mm-hmm. And it ties in well with suffering because if you're sitting in a hospital waiting room, you know, you pull out your 3DS and you can play some games <laughs> and, and time will go by much faster. Yeah. So it's hard to, hard to do that with other systems. So, so that's a good that's a good point to just clarify that this episode for, for all of our listeners, we're just gonna try to circle back to that same theme of suffering. Um, and uh, really stick on stick on that, and I think that that's a really good segue to that. Can you elaborate a little bit more on how how that's related to suffering for you lately, and what you were meaning by that, Ted? Yeah, and and the suffering when I talk about suffering, it's not even my own suffering because you know sitting in a waiting room is not suffering. You're helping somebody who's who's suffering. Uh, I haven't talked, or I've talked some about my father-in-law. I think on a previous podcast. But I, I have had my uh, mother-in-law and my father-in-law living with us since December, and we're working hard to get our get mom on a organ waiting list for a liver replacement. Oh, wow. And uh, honestly, if she doesn't get one, it, the future is not very bright. But it's looking like she, uh, if she moves to this area, she should be able to actually get a new liver in the next six months to a year. So that's exciting. That's good. But so yeah. she's suffering, though, in the meantime, because you need your liver. And if your liver isn't yeah. working, you feel awful. You feel terrible. And she has a, a drain that they ha- we have to do every other day to literally release some of the bad fluids that aren't being processed by the liver in her body. So, you know, she's suffering amidst all of that. Her husband started to get some headaches and... Uh, uh, his f- feet weren't working exactly right, and he's a military guy. He's he doesn't drag his feet, and he noticed his left foot was dragging. We took him to the hospital, and it turned out he was having a subdural hematoma, blood on the brain, putting pressure on his brain. So he ended up being in the hospital for about two weeks, hmm. and uh, in the they're in the process now, both really of, of physically recuperating and, and recovering and uh, she's going to be having another procedure soon uh, all of which is for the goal of, of getting her healthy again so I'm just around all this suffering yeah. plus plus February I don't know 
I'm thinking of skipping February next year. There's not a lot good in my life that happens in February, and I'm not counting uh, Valentine's Day. But uh, so February has just been a. That's a also in my life four years ago was when I had a wife pass away. So being in the hospitals and all that stuff, it's just been a little emotionally tougher for me than I was expecting to be actually in the same hospital, some of the same areas where I went through a, a rough experience earlier in my life. Mm-hmm. So amidst all of that, you know, people ask the question, why does this happen? Why is there suffering? Yeah. And, and of course I have, you know, my perspective and I'm certainly, certainly happy to hear yours, but so some of my elements of suffering are all dealing with real world you know how life is is happening and it made me start thinking too about suffering as it relates to our great interest video games and theology and you know suffering is in games too yeah yeah absolutely um if and that's that's a really really great introduction ted um and uh really sets up the the tone and the, and the attitude because um something that i find that we as as uh people who love games and, and Jesus do is, uh, or at least, at least for me, I'd say that whenever someone is, uh, whenever, whenever I'm, I'm going through a season or whatever, there's like great mourning. Um, there's always one or one of two things that I do. I either run to God or I run to games <laughs> <laughs> and either, or, and unfortunately the, the, the one is a, is a, is a much better option than the other. Um, <laughs> Considering games can be the great escape, can't they? Yeah, they they can they can just be an escape sometimes. I remember um, the there's a game on on PlayStation Network called Sound Shapes, which is uh, basically like you're it's a it's a kind of a, a sticky platformer uh, where you you play through through soundtracks. And I remember cr- crying my eyes out while playing that game, um, and it had absolutely nothing to do with the game. <laughs> <laughs> this game made me cry my eyes out. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was entirely because I was playing a game when I should have when I, when I maybe like it, it was just lo-fi enough and not like narrative or, or thought thoughtful enough that I was able to like just sit there and kind of just realize what was what was tearing me up inside about one of my friends falling away from the Lord and and just like it was it was my mentor and like all that sort of thing and so it was just like this really really sad. Um, occurrence uh, within within his life and within within all my relationships related to him, and uh, I just finally came to terms with that while playing this game, and, and I've realized that sometimes that's how it has to happen. Maybe so. Like, here we have yet another example of Josh crying. Just saying. <laughs> Why what was crying? the other games? I forgot, but oh. Uh, Oh, uh, to the moon brothers, uh, and, and, uh, another game that made me, made me cry was, uh, the last of us left behind. Yeah. yeah. We're going to run out of fingers. That's new. That's new. (laughs) Yeah. So that's four. I'm keeping tabs here. (laughs) And there was asteroids and missiles. (laughs) I can't believe it when the missiles destroyed the command. Actually, actually, I can think of another game that made me cry because I was, I got, uh, so far in it that and I was got I just got so sad because I got so far and then I died and it was when I was like a little kid it was the game called Firehawk um 
there's a PC game uh, like all the way back in the day. Like you basically turned into a a a, uh, a jet or you were a robot that shot lasers. Oh. And those are both good things. Yeah, those are both good things. <laughs> um, but I remember getting so far and being like like seven or eight years old and and just being so sad that I got so far and couldn't get any further and I started crying like a baby. It was weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a common experience. Uh, you know, I, I mean, like there's there's crying because something is an emotion, emotionally affecting, and then there's crying because you're a child and can't can't emotionally process like failure in a game, <laughs> or crying because yeah. the game made you think about the apocalypse, and that's not something an eight year old should think about. Uh, yeah, if that's if that's the case, that that's that exact- would be for me anyway. <laughs> oh, really? What game? Uh, Chrono Trigger. Oh really? Yeah, it's a really delightful thing when you're eight years old to think about the impending end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> I never finished it. Yeah, well, there's a sequence in the game where you tell. Well, before this is spoilers. I'm sure of everybody. Most. People I mean, it's been out how long? <laughs> Since 1995. So. I think we can discuss spoilers for Chrono Trigger. <laughs> 19-year-old spoilers alert. Uh, so, in one sequence in the game. You travel forward in time to 2300 AD, right? So this mm-hmm. is like contemporary. Where the factories are and stuff? Yeah, and everything's bad and horrible, and you're like, what happened? What happened, right? And then they show you the video of, like, Lavos emerging from the Earth in 1999. <laughs> oh, no! Yeah, destroying everything. And I, I, you know, even if you're in Christian circles, it's like there's this apocalyptic event. Right? And, this is, and this is why you should not watch uh, or play The Last of Us with uh, anyone under the age of, of 10. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of that same concept, though, there was a, there was a, uh, uh, a YouTube commercial-like thing that was really, really impressive that just blew up yesterday called um, The Most Shock... It was just like one of those inflammatory titles. It was like The Most Shocking Second-A-Day Video. Um, and I encourage you to check it out. It's, that's the title of the, the YouTube. It's just Most Shocking Second-A-Day Video. And the idea is that you take a, a – you record something for a second every day and that's kind of you, – you, you just – that's that, and then you kind of like tell your life story. And uh, within this video, they simulate a girl who looks like she's living in like the US and uh, suddenly it, it descends into like uh, a situation very similar to what's happening in like Syria um, <laughs> and and like where like everything is falling apart and like – there's this part where this little girl, she's like playing and she's all happy in the beginning and she's like, you know, has her little teddy bear and, or not her teddy bear, but like, like something like that. And then all of a sudden, um, chaos descends around her and like it, you get the idea that her dad dies and then she gets all like dirty and sad and like blank stare face and then like hairs falling out of her head. Um, and you get this impression like this is this, this is like scary left behind end of the world style stuff. But it's just something that happens like every day, or not every day, but happens way too often in the world in a very real sense in, in places that aren't as safe and secure as the United States. You make a great point there. I thought about that too. I mean, here I am talking about suffering as I have the best medical care available on the planet at all times. And I've been to Africa on a couple of mission trips to Senegal. One of them was a medical mission trip, and over there, I was with a pediatrician who was seeing child after child, and there were a few children there that had conditions that 
he knew that he couldn't do anything about and he felt so helpless for. But a lot of the other ones, it was simple stuff like um, vaccinations. You know, if they simply had a vaccination, they wouldn't be sick. Or many of them had worms from swimming in a local lake and that kind of thing. And it's just part of life there. You know, suffering is much more of a fact. Over here, I'm kind of like, oh, I got a hangnail. Oh, I'm suffering. I'm suffering. Yeah, we're a little unqualified to talk about suffering when we live literally the most convenient lifestyles in the history of humanity. Luxury. <laughs> really, we live in luxury. Yeah. Hence, not really a thing that I experience very often. Yeah, yeah it's like, oh, man, suffering in video games. <laughs> and for us, it's the ultimate evil. And I thought it was interesting to read in the book of Acts uh, 5.41, when uh, this is in the early days of the, of the church, when some of the apostles have to stand before the Sanhedrin, and the Sanhedrin's basically dismiss them, but they call them in and they have them flogged. You know, they have them yeah. hit with what, sticks or or uh, scourged. Depends on yeah. your translation. Yeah, and okay. well, the thing is, the thing is that I've always interpreted the word "flogged" as is um, very similar to uh, what we saw on the Passion of the Christ. Um, mm-hmm. Considering that there is like a, a, a device that, at least at least in in my Bible st- scholarly studies, was like here's uh, an item with like sheep bones at the end of it and like a, a cat of nine tails with like sheep bones at the end of it and then they they whip you on the back and then drag it across and often like rip skin open yeah that was sort of the roman flogging apparently in my archaeological bible there was a jewish form of flogging and then there was a roman form which was probably more vicious yeah but even in this case it was that case of 40 lashes minus one so 39 you know hits but the verse after that amazes me because it says the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. So hmm. suffering in a way they were they were rejoicing in it in that yeah. particular yeah. passage. And that was how Jesus ended the Beatitudes, blessed are those who who suffer in my name. Yeah, suffering has positive connotations in any biblical text that I can think of. In the yeah. New Testament, yeah. yeah. Because there's always that uh, there's there's hope, you know. There's a there's a hope element to it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. So there's the the I, the one game that I was I was going to talk about another game, but to stay on the same topic of uh, of suffering, the game that I'm playing right now is the Banner Saga. Have you guys heard of the Banner Saga? I have heard of it, but I have not played it. So at it, at its core fundamental level, it takes place in a. Uh, like kind of ancient Scandinavian fantasy setting uh, where the, the the very beginning of the game says the gods are dead, the sun stopped moving, and everyone's wondering, and, and, and the land is being filled by this these horrible, giant, demon-like creatures called the, 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 the Draugr, and everyone's trying to like figure out what do we do? <laughs> And so the whole, the whole, the whole, and, and they're, they're making, they're, everyone's having to flee from their homes and basically just turn into uh, wandering, uh, semi-wandering exiles. And the game becomes this mix of one level, it's kind of like um, the Oregon Trail, where you're, you know, kind of like in a simulation, you, you have like a caravan of people that's an, a growing caravan of people that you find as you, as you go along. And, uh, it's just kind of like you're going somewhere, but you don't really know where you're going. Uh, unlike Oregon Trail, where it's like, hey, yay, we're, we have a destination in mind. 
Oregon, um, so I believe. This, this palpable sense of exile and dread, which uh, I kind of like a lot, um, <laughs> because it, it's it's ultimately all about the um, the plight and the the suffering of 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 the the characters in the story, and then like not knowing like so what why what is what are we living for? We're just surviving to survive, and like, how do we like we we're, we're surviving for the benefit of one another is basically what everyone is doing. Um, it seems, and then the other main level of the game is that it's a, a turn-based strategy, um, so very similar to something like Fire Emblem uh, or uh, maybe maybe like XCOM, but uh, with within a very different rule set than the typical turn-based um, tactical RPG. And it's 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 also got a, a very somber um, Scandinavian Austin Wintry soundtrack, so it's like very very like sad and somber the entire way through, and just has this like uh, reflective tone, but it also has like a, a uh, er, early '90s Disney art style. Oh, oh, an Ice Princess, and she sings, "Let it go, let it go." <laughs> Is that from Frozen? Yeah. Everybody yeah. is talking yeah. about Frozen. That song, it won an Oscar for best, yeah. best motion picture song or something like that. So, <laughs> so it, it, I wouldn't say that it looks anything like Frozen, but okay. it definitely it definitely might look like a very similar art style to like maybe like The Little Mermaid. Um, uh-huh. Or not, maybe not in terms of like uh, the actual like setting and stuff like that, because it's Scandinavian and like, high, like Scandinavian fantasy, but the... Um, the actual like quality of the artwork, like it's hand drawn and just has like a very, uh, yeah, it reminds me of Don Bluth films more than it does Disney films. If that makes Don sense, Bluth? yeah, no, that I, I have no idea who that is. Uh, he is was a former Disney animator who left right. the company and went and formed his own. So he's the guy who's behind Dragon's Lair, Secret of Nim. Oh yeah, no, Anastasia, that's actually really, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's actually a much yeah. better ex- art, art example. Yeah, yeah, because um, there's like a distinctive part of his style that the human beings are always like correctly proportioned and that sort of thing. Oh yeah, and, and I think Banner Saga reminds me a lot of that. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, and in, in, in the in the Banner Saga, the 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 story is a little bit hard to follow at first, um, but once once they really kind of like cut away to the other crew, which is just a, a father and his daughter who's an, like a, a father who's like a, an archer slash fighter and a daughter who's like a, a just, just got a bow for the first time. And she's like a 16 year old girl scared out of her mind. Um, <laughs> like I just, I just, for, there's something about the, the artwork. If you look at the, the, the cover work, artwork for the banner saga, it shows the father and his daughter and she's like working on the banner to like write their story as they're going along on a banner. Uh, and that's why it's named what it is, but it's just a very strange, uh, sad story about suffering through exile. And that's something that I, I'm always excited to see when, when games or movies do a story about exile, considering it's something um, that the Bible does also very well when you get to, like, the um, the Babylonian exiles, uh, like like Daniel and, and, like, anywhere around that part of Jewish history. Yeah, it's like the... The movie version of the Land Before Time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's actually well, the first Land Before Time, not the fo- the second, oh, not the, the second through sixth. Not Is the that sequels. the one with the long necks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the depressing <laughs> parts. Lots of yeah, depressing well, parts. 
That was one of my favorite, like, sad movies when I was five. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of sad children's movies from my era. Yeah, yeah. there really is. <laughs> I like this art style. I'm looking at some pictures of it, of uh, the Banner Saga. Yeah. It really does look like uh, yeah. animation. And the, the guys who worked on it are all ex-Bioware guys. So, like, mm-hmm. they're... Oh. There's like a there's like a sincere like quality of knowing of like how to how to not only ha- like build a world but set set a, a an environment and a tone that like their their tonal quality is is unlike any other game that I've I've played lately and I, I don't want to really I, it's hard for me to really get into detail about the story considering I'm only like in the, the, the still the early parts of it but the the tactics in it are fantastic like it's mm-hmm. like Every other tactics game is about picking off the weakest guys first so that you don't have, like, people constantly hitting you from every angle. Yeah, and this and one, it's like, find the biggest guy, punch him as hard as you can. <laughs> and and it doesn't matter if he dies. It's more important that he just he, he loses most of his health so that he gets weak. And then you can focus on the others. It's just a strange, strange That's a little tactics. different, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking, too, with uh, suffering in a turn-based game... Life would be a little easier if it was turn-based because then you would probably have less suffering because you could go, stop, wait, okay. Let's think about this. <laughs> yeah, strategy, yeah. strategy, strategy. Okay, I'm going to hit the uh, – the, I'm clicking on the go button. <laughs> exactly. And that's, and that's one aspect of the game. But the, the, re- the, the thing that they do to keep the tension within that is that you have a, a limited number of supplies. So mm-hmm. you have your caravan that should needs to kind of be constantly moving. And if one of your guys gets wounded, you can just like – lay down and rest for a little while until he heals up. Um, but that all suck, suck away your supplies. And you or need leave to, him behind. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't leave him behind, but... Um, no? Okay. Yeah. Sometimes the, there are scenarios in the game that have to deal with very hard situations in, in like, adventure-style menus and, like, well, I'm going to have to, you know, figure out what to do with these guys. There's a... Dragomir keeps getting drunk and, and burning, setting the camp on fire, so we're going to have to deal with him. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's actually that's actually been a consistent recurring problem thus far in the game is is the drunks keep ruining the camp and everyone gets mad and you have to figure out what to do what to do with them. Do we publicly flog them? Do we just go and punch them, or do we exile them from the camp, or do we just give them a verbal lashing? Do you publicly <laughs> flog them Roman style or Jewish style? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's a key issue. Yeah, as long as they give me a choice, this is, this is Scand- <laughs> Scandinavian style, so I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Yurdish man, you take that one right there. That's one to go to lashing. No, no, no. We love Scandinavian people. Do not oh, be concerned. That was not good. That was not an accurate representation. <laughs> if I caused any of you in Scandinavia to suffer, no, I apologize. You, it's a social utopia up there. Everything is okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Everything is perfect. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. We had our fun with Scandinavia. There we go. Now, so, yeah. my personal experience. I've been playing Persona 4. Yeah, that's another kind of suffering. The pers- Well, in a way. <laughs> if you think about the length, then yes, yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's a bout of suffering. But in terms of its story, there usually is some kind of element that will basically emotionally devastate you. And it's wonderful how they do this because they've made you so attached to the characters over this yeah. long period of time. Yeah. And then they will jump you with like, everyone in you will all die. And it's like, what? <laughs> it's very similar to, like, George R. R. Martin's treatment of, like, the Game of Thrones stories and how, like, all of your favorite characters die at some point. <laughs> yeah, except in this one, it's, like, totally unexpected because, 
I mean, you've been playing like 40 hours and nothing bad has happened to anybody who's like close to you in the whole story. Yeah. And then they will just do it. They will pull the rug from under you. And then they will also go, oh, you know, by the way, the world is ending and you will have to die in order to save it. And then you have to just kind of cope with it for like the last <laughs> couple months of the game. That's a, that's a lot for a bunch of Japanese high school students who collect demons. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> well, this one. Yeah. Uh, is this the Shin Megami Tensei? Tensei? Yeah, this is the Persona mm-hmm. off-brand. So there's like a bunch of spin-offs. Yeah. Shin oh, Megami yeah. Tensei is like that. Okay, because I'm starting to realize there's apparently more than one Persona 4. That's why I thought there was like one Persona 4. It was like the one after Persona 3. No? <laughs> no kind, yeah, of, kind of. Kind of? I mean, they're oh, yeah? thematically similar and play similar, but they're uh-huh. totally different stories. And they so kind there's of a crossover after that in a fighting game. So. Uh-huh. There's something golden? Oh, that's the Vita version. I'm playing uh, the PS2 version. I don't know what the difference is. Oh, about. okay, okay. I'm sure I'm it's just, an enhanced port or something. PS2 I'm learning version. and growing as you're as you're talking. So keep keep going. I'm learning about yeah, all I this. I guess it, it did it did originally come out on PS2. I forgot that. Yeah, in 2008 ish. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, a long time ago. But you know, I have my PS2, so let's yeah. just whip it out. Yeah, I, I'm I'm playing that right now, and I don't know what's going to happen. So you know, yeah, I'm sure I just spoiled one of the Persona games. <laughs> Probably, but you know, death is like a thing in Shin Megami Tensei, and either you're doing it or it's being done to you. And hmm. that's, I think, Shin Megami Tensei has always been this kind of off brand JRPG where they they really want you to think about things. Because in Shin Megami Tensei 3, most of the game is about different philosophical factions fighting over who will rule after the world has ended. Oh, weird. Yeah, so you're the guy who basically has caused the world to be reborn in this strange... I need, I need to screen way. cap Ted's face right now. Yeah. <laughs> the world has been reborn okay. in a strange way, so there's all these different factions, like only the strong will survive, and that, and then there's another one that says you should have compassion for everything. And yeah. there's all these different nuances, and they will all lead to different endings, depending on your it actions sounds, in the game and what you do. It sounds vaguely similar to Jade Empire, but... In Jade Empire, there's basically just two paths, like the the path of the strong fist and the path of the open palm. Yeah, this but, one is uh, a lot more vague and not so much yeah. like there's a good and there's an evil. It's really like, what do you think the world should be? Yeah, and I think that's a lot more interesting in terms of like because it's a lot more like our world. You know, like hmm. you have you don't you, you don't have like good guys and bad guys arguing about what's right and wrong. You have, um, like Christian like like Baptists and you have uh, Catholics, and you have you know people who don't be- who don't know what they believe and don't really care about that. And then you have Republicans and Democrats and whatever. And that's just in our country. And everyone's arguing about what's what how how do we get to the truth of things? And like, there's just such a, a plurality of opinions that makes it very very complicated and much more like our real world in yeah. terms of uh, different factions trying to argue about things to get to the dominant influence in the world. <laughs> yeah, so quick summary, Shin Megami Tensei games are about suffering, and like the main series games are really hard, so that's a kind of suffering in itself. So it's a two-part suffering. Suffering in the storyline, in the characters, and suffering for you as the player. Yeah, because it's the kind of game that will destroy you if you're not paying attention. 
<laughs> like is I, that the I one where, like if they die, they die permanently, or is that a different game? That was someone mm-hmm. on someone's 3DS. Uh, Fire Emblem, I believe. Fire Emblem, that, that was yeah. Sweet. Fire Emblem is like that. Most yeah. most uh, tactics based games are if one of your characters dies, they're dead forever. Um, Banner Saga is one that's surprisingly not like that. Um, and Do I they ca- save the game automatically in um, Fire Emblem and XCOM, so you can't go back? Uh, there's there's modes for that. Okay. There's modes for that. Um, I don't know what what it's like for, in, in Fire Emblem. I don't. I think that it's just like you either can save in the middle of battle, and next time you pick up that save, you lose it. Um, and there's also uh, it just saves at the beginning of each each and every map. So if if someone dies on a map, then you have to go and redo the whole thing all over again. Yeah, but I think a lot time, of people just kind of like go back to their last save and just restart again. Yeah, and that and that's the way that I. Um, weirdly prefer to play it um but the the with with the XCOM, XCOM has uh an iron man mode and iron man mode is one where uh every decision is final and if you make a, if you make a commitment it's what you're going to have to have to live with um and i i try i actually tried to write an article about that sort of thing for, for theology gaming a while back if you remember yeah um but it was about like how if you if like it can be really, really disappointing if you have if you've had this character that you've spent the entire game training and building and grooming up to this point, and you get into a match and you don't see an enemy coming around a corner, and with a with you know like a, a plasma shotgun sort of thing, um, and suddenly your your that character is taken out and you you never have them again and you name them after your best friend, um, <laughs> you know like the, the, that could be a very very sad moment uh, and potentially and ruin the not ruin the entire game, but but lead to a very massive disappointment, especially if all of a sudden your entire unit of guys dies on the final mission in the game, which unfortunately doesn't doesn't is the one exception to the rule. Like it'll just let you try the whole thing all over again. And in that case, which I think is a little dumb, <laughs> yeah. But like, I thought it would have been awesome if like everything's banking on this one sniper shot in the game, and if he doesn't hit it, then everyone gets killed, and it's the end of the game. And it's just sad and disappointing, and I think that that would be kind of a fantastic way to go out. Like, hey, we tried. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. came so close. <laughs> I, li- I like actually. Near does something strange. Like at the end of, if you get like the third or fourth ending in Near, the game mm-hmm. basically says this will erase all your game saves. Are you sure? And oh, it's like, wow. yeah, and you basically have to delete all your system data to get this last ending. Oh wow! So that the game basically kind of is over. It's this is one and done. Once That's you get this neat. ending, it's all done, and it will tell you, and it will show everything being erased sequentially, wow. thematically as part of the game's ending, and then that's it. You know, that so game it's, is, either, it's either glory or destruction. One of the yeah. two. <laughs> is that part of why you love that game? That game, yeah, it has a real sense of closure. That game, and that game is all about horrible, horrible things happening to people. Yeah, and unfortunately, I, I know exactly why the game deals with the subject of suffering um, in, like, a weird, twisty way. Um, but uh, instead of spoiling that for, for yeah, everyone do not listening spoil right now... It. Well, unless you read the articles on Theology Gaming already about Nier, in which yeah, case, I've, I salute you, because that was 10,000 words of craziness. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I read all of it, but I definitely read read a good bit, good bit of it. Yeah, it's um, the third I, I mean, part I find the game interesting, and I, I liked playing the first, you know, couple hours of it, but I found that environment's a little too sparse and i didn't quite i didn't quite like the combat but yeah you gotta really just like the story because the rest of it is yeah you know kind of mediocre i'll be yeah. honest 
But uh, how about you, Ted? Are there any other games that you can think of what, that when you hear suffering, what's the first thing that comes to mind in terms well, of games? You, sometimes I, the way I've been looking at this also is trying to reflect on some of the early times that I felt like a game was making me feel suffering because something unfair was happening. And, of course, some of that you could go way back into the retro era when games, some games were badly designed, so they were just intrinsically unfair in the way they yeah, were designed. Yeah. But we didn't Quest. care. Right. We didn't care because <laughs> we just spent all our allowance on, say, Fester's Quest. So you had to play it and you had yes. to suffer <laughs> through it because that was your choice, you know, that you would make. Automobile Lamborghini right. 64. I own that, but I have never played it. I just bought it because it was in a box. My, and I like the name, Automobili, your Lamborghini. My, my uh, closest friend at the time, he got it for Christmas. Um, his dad made him buy it because he said, this was what you originally asked for. I know you really want a San Francisco Rush 64, um, but we're going to have to get this one because this is what you originally asked for, and I'm going to make you stick to it. And that night he cried because it was such a terrible racing game. <laughs> <laughs> and San Francisco Rush was a pretty good one, if I remember. Was it San Francisco exactly. Rush? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Imagine, imagine the best game Why? of the time. Why? Why? And you have to go with, like, the Superman 64 version. <laughs> Automobile <laughs> Lamborghini. Yeah, the, the, both Automobile Lamborghini and Superman 64 are made by the same company. Oh, t- Titus? Titus, oh. yeah. I hate that company. <laughs> yeah, t- Titus was w- by far the worst Nintendo 64 game developer. They made a, a Blues Brothers game. It's awful. Yeah, so, and it just it doesn't even sound like a good idea. No. It's <laughs> bad. Why All right, is it so, so bad? So in retrospective, I did find at least one key moment, and this is probably a pretty popular moment that a lot of people could associate with, on the PlayStation 1, playing Final Fantasy 7, the sudden death of a character who is stabbed, uh, Eris. So that was kind of like, what happened? How, how could, you can't do that. You can't kill her. But they Phoenix did. down, Phoenix down. <laughs> it's like you invested all this time like oh she's your primary healer and then she dies and it's like what am I supposed to do now yeah. Sephiroth <sighs> one winged angel <laughs> <laughs> it is very effective though it is yeah it's dramatic storytelling for sure yeah I mean it is kind of predicted if you're looking at it because I played it recently knowing all of the whole story right and I just played through the game like straight and I was like well they did kind of hint at it a lot Oh, did they? Like she's gonna die for the planet or whatever, right? She's that was a, that was a pretty good hit then. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, what we're seeing. They're hearing that she says, "Like if I have to, I'll die to save the planet." Uh, All that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. Well, Jesus was a little bit more straightforward when he when he would say that sort of thing. But this is this He's is like, thematically guys, relevant. Seriously, seriously, I'm going to die and raise from the dead. And they're yeah, like, they "No, you're. Cr- what are you talking about?" It's just so weird to us, like, reading the story of Jesus, and, like, he says this, like, straight up to them, and to people And they don't the get it, yeah. And no one seems to even understand, like, it's it's like, he was just speaking in Charlie Brown adult. Wow, wow, wow. He's kind of like, okay, he must like know, I'm, get, I'm going somewhere, you can't follow me. You know, and they're like, Lord, where are you going where we can't follow you? All let's, right, let's, listen. Let's go to Jerusalem, <laughs> we're going to die with you. 
Yeah. <laughs> and toward toward the end of the ministry, he's he's very direct. You know, he says spells things out, and yep. they're still like, "Uh, I don't get it. You're gonna die? What?" Straight up now, tell me, is it gonna be you and me forever? <laughs> I know Jesus like Paul Abdul. Let me tell you. <laughs> So um, one thing that I'd love to share about is uh, we, one, one game cell, we did a uh, kind of a, a suffering theme night um, where we focused almost exclusively on games about suffering. Um, and the game that actually... That sounds like, like quite a party. Well, I was surprised because there was like... A, like, like I, I often look at my game library and I'm like, what games could we do that deal with like the text that we're talking about? Because it was... The text was um, where Jesus has uh, someone come up someone comes up to Jesus and they're like why does why was this guy born blind and he's like and and, and on a fundamental level like it's like why is there suffering in the world mm-hmm. and he he answers and he says um you know this this man wasn't blind because of his sin or his parents sin so that the, the glory of God could be revealed and then he heals him but that's not what what the, the end of the story and you would think like the glory of God is Jesus healing people or something like that. But if you go, if you follow the story, the the end of the story is this blind beggar, quote unquote, showing up the most religious elite people by giving them the most clear testimony of who Jesus is. Yeah, yeah, that's and like a, that's that's, a, that's the glory of God is like using the, the the lowest of of social order to best the 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 most. Uh, prestigious and religious elite or, right. or whomever is, is, is to use the, the, the weakest thing to, to shame the, the, the strongest thing. The least to affect the greatest. Or at least that's, that's how the story flows. I think that's in John 7. Um, but the, the, the point being like, I was like, all right, so Jesus is one rabbi who's going to talk about the, the problem of pain and he has a really, really, really fascinating resolve to that. And I think that that's worth talking about. Um, so if we're going to do the start start game cell with that, we need the for, the game that we need to play has to tie into that if at all possible. So what video game deals with rabbis talking about suffering? Um, <laughs> I read this. I read this by the way, so I know where you're going. And and of course uh, that that went straight to our uh, official theology gaming theology game of the year 2013, the Shiva. <laughs> In which it starts with uh, uh, it's a it's a adaptation of a 2006 uh, point and click adventure in which you start out as a rabbi who is giving up on uh, the synagogue, giving up on God, and giving up on pretty much everything because it's just nothing's working out for him. And uh, he, he starts out in the very beginning of the game. He's like, "For my sermon today, I'd like to talk about suffering. Why do bad things happen?" To good people, how could God let this happen? Does He enjoy making us suffer? <laughs> and, and Which is, that, by the way, uh, why do bad things happen to good people? Is an actual real book written by a real rabbi. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, this is getting more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but that that was the entire the entire theme. I mean, and that's that's one of those questions that that's plagued humanity for for you know thousands and hundreds and millions of years, uh, or, or or quadrillions of years or whatever. But the, the the main thing that happens in the shiva is that it becomes like this 
uh, he's the, the rabbi gives up, and then immediately after, as soon as, as soon as he's given up, suddenly out of nowhere, he gets a uh, he finds out that someone's left him and his synagogue like ten grand, like over ten grand, which will keep him afloat and will actually like you know like much more than keep him afloat. It'll actually like help him to pay his bills for once. And uh, so, but but it means that someone died that. And the person who died, who left him a lot of money, is like someone who he thought hated him, and the person was killed. So it's part of a murder investigation. It turns into this like rabbi murder investigation slash um, shiva visit, uh, where he is trying to figure out what to do, <clears throat> what to do with the entirety of the situation. Um, and uh, I, I actually wrote an article earlier this week about uh, my favorite part about the game, which is the uh, rabbi battle. Um, where you try to be the better rabbi, but that has nothing. That's not necessarily directly about suffering, because um, <laughs> that was actually probably one of the hot, easily the, my favorite part of the entire game is trying to out rabbi another rabbi. Because um, honestly, like I, I, I think that 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 whole concept is something that I'd like to do in real life. Um, but the the aspect of suffering and the way that it plays through the entire story is: do your decisions your your decisions will ultimately affect all the other characters. And there's like maybe five different endings of the game. Um, and it's really short. It's only like two hours um, mm-hmm. or less. But the entire uh, matter of your decisions and how you uh, relate to the other characters is, is still like, no matter how you respond out of all the endings, um, as long as you're not dead, there's, there's, <laughs> two, there's two endings in which you are um, victorious, quote-unquote. One of them is, is less victorious than another, and the other one is the happy ending, quote-unquote, is still like, all right, maybe I don't know. I don't know what God's doing. I don't know if, if I if I believe in God again, but um, maybe things do work can work out for good, um, as opposed to things actually do work out for good. <laughs> it's not exactly hopeful and somber. It's still like questioning and and dealing with like the the frustration of this of the situation. Um, but it's it's this uh, suffering sort of. Thing. When I when I shared it in Game Cell, anyway, the guys really really loved it. Like I was surprised. Like huh. this this was one, easily one of the most like the games that everyone's like, wait, let's keep playing this. We don't want to play multiplayer games where we do we we do lots of action. We just want to keep figuring. it. We want to find out what happens with this with this uh, <laughs> other Some, rabbi guy. Yeah, sometimes that kind of game is great for a group because you're all your brains are working together. Yeah, exactly. And that that was actually like when I first played through the game, like I didn't understand how to solve some of the puzzles, so I cheated. Cuz I'm not I'm not that used to adventure games, but when we were playing it as a group, like the guys were like figuring it out and offering yeah. ideas and it was actually like like I didn't even know how to solve the, some of the, the the puzzles, like I didn't understand how the, the the answers were supposed to be found at all and the guys were picking up on it. Hmm. I think but, it's I'm not sure if this is telling or not or maybe it, displays our perspectives but i'm surprised we haven't mentioned job yet true true i was thinking of calling february jobuary as well as, <laughs> as i was dealing with february because i pretty sure job does provide an answer to the question but the answer is not sufficient for many people <laughs> yeah well plus the, the the matter of of job is how long is job like 40 some chapters and we and we as Christians have a tendency to just read the first two and the last two chapters, yeah, or the, yeah. Or the first two and the last chapter, and neglect the fact that most of the book, and which you would suggest might be have might be like the theme, 
is is that meandering, qualifying, yeah. challenging thinking about like yeah. why? it's a very philosophical book. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's the interesting part about Job is that it does provide an answer, and the answer is you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. God is in control, and that is not an answer I don't think a lot of people want to hear. <laughs> but I think that they need to hear because, th- I mean, that is basically what the book is about. The book yeah. is about Job is a righteous guy, and then bad things happen to him, and then he says... Other people are doing bad things and good things are happening to them and everything sucks for me. So why is this happening to me? But God, you're in control. That's fine. And then the rest of the book is, well, his friends say, well, you're a sinner. Why don't you just admit it? And he had to have done something wrong. Yeah. And then Job's like, and Job's like, nah, I didn't do nothing wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't do nothing. And, I mean, and he's correct. That's what's the weirdest part about the whole story is that he's actually correct in saying that. And then basically the problem is not that Job is wrong. It's that he doesn't have enough information to make a compelling case against the creator of the universe, which is yeah. kind of where we're at right now. Yeah. Where he says, where were you when I did this, Job? Yeah. Where were you when I created the oceans and said, hey, the waves stop here and the sand starts here? Where were you when I was making those choices? Yeah. All right, all right, I'm backing off. Yeah, or like as he says, brace yourself like a man or gird yeah, your arms like yeah. a man. I will question you and you shall instruct me. <laughs> <laughs> the book, I, I mentioned the book by the rabbi, his name was Harold S. Kushner, and the name of the book was When Bad Things Happen to Good People. So I had the title okay. a little bit wrong. And actually okay. that book... Uh, focuses on Job quite a bit as well as Zachary. Huh. I haven't read it, but from what I understand, the the premise to his book is kind of like, uh, why do bad things happen to good people? Uh, an element of it is just like God saying, do you have any idea how much I have to try to do? You know, it's too much. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm doing the best I can. I'm just surprised because every time I'm in a church context and somebody asks this question, the Job never comes up. Hmm. It's just, it's very strange to me. Maybe it's because the answer is just strange and bizarre in our modern yeah. context. And then we don't really have an idea how to process that. Like, the answer is not really an answer. It's a non-answer in the yeah. traditional logical, rational sense. Yeah. But it doesn't mean it's not an answer. Hmm. The, uh, that's actually a pretty good segue for, for a game that I, I uh, think really, really deals with the subject but isn't out yet. And that we, we talk that I'll probably talk about pretty much every podcast I'm on. Unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, is is uh, that Dragon Cancer? Ah, um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. I've I've been talking talking to to Ryan Green a little bit behind the scenes. Um, and he he the, the stories for those who don't know that Dragon Cancer is his autobiography, autobiographic de- his dealings with his his uh, youngest son's terminal cancer. Um, or at least that, that's the diagnosis that it was a, a terminal diagnosis of cancer and so he and his family have been fighting this thing for I think like four years now and it's every every day is 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 sitting like like he, he and his wife actually blog through the entirety of, of their experience it's very very personal um, and they're very transparent about all of what, what's going on but sometimes the the they just can sit and celebrate the fact that their son was able to sit up today mm-hmm. and he was able to 
enjoy playing a little for for five minutes. Um, and this this is this is something that like from a, a, a standpoint of of gameplay um, is to cast the players into this exact same situation and say, um, will you experience this suffering with us as we uh, cry out to God? And this this is this is a family who believes in Jesus, who believes in um, healing, and has uh, and and I and I've, I've uh, you know very much believes that Jesus can heal in this world and in, in the here and the now, um, but also is not seeing that in their son and is seeking the Lord diligently okay. crying out for healing and, um, doesn't see that. And that's a very, very, very sobering topic and something it's that hard. games wow. have yeah. not done much. That's at tough. All. That is tough. I can, I can have some personal connection to that dealing with, uh, you know, again, a wife with cancer at one point, and uh, I, I had prayed, and I thought God was truly going to heal her. And when they went in to uh, remove the uh, lump of the cancer, I was just believed in my heart the doctor was going to come out shaking his head saying, you know, we looked for it and we couldn't find it. And what happened is the doctor came out. I was like, did you find it? And he's like, oh, yeah, I found it. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, got, I got rid of as much of it as I could kind of a thing. And I just remember feeling kind of deflated by that. I was... I was really, you know, convinced that uh, God had, was going to do something miraculous, and it didn't happen in my case. So I, I guess I could associate with that game a little bit. That that dragon cancer is that what you said? Yeah, that dragon comma cancer. Um, huh. It's it, and this is the weird thing about about the game is that the now everything about the the religious side of it like is really transparent like. Mm-hmm. It's it's ve- he's very openly talking and and bringing bringing Jesus into the qu- into the situation in the the game trailer if you look it up uh, shows um, it starts with the story of Elijah going up to the mountain and looking for God in the and and you think that he's looking for God in the earthquake and the fire and the wind but he hears a still small voice mm-hmm. and the trailer ends with him saying uh, you know God saying what what do you something like what do you want son of man and he says. I just, I just want my son to be well. Um, and it's like wow. haunting, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, and, and and the press, the wow. press, like the 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 mainstream. I don't, you know, not overtly Christian press is like, this is the best thing ever. When do we get to play it? Um, <laughs> that that is a question. When do we get to play it? Right, right. And and Ouya, the company, you know, you know who Ouya is. They, yeah, that's yeah. the uh, game they, game system. Yeah, they they're like. We're gonna support this game as much as we can. We want this to be our flagship. Here's fifty grand, maybe more. I don't know, um, but they 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 gave their money to make sure that the, the game comes out on the Ouya first. Yeah, it's problematic though now that the Ouya is like gonna be not platform specific. What do you mean? Yeah, I guess they announced that the Ouya will no longer be limited to a console. That the Ouya platform will be available on a number of different devices, such as... Oh, so you don't have to buy that little Ouya box. Yeah, so, like, the distribution platform of Ouya will be its own thing. Oh, weird. Yeah. I guess that must have been just... Sort of like their own little Steam world they're coming together. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it says Ouya Everywhere puts games on TV, PC, without the Ouya. 
Which uh, is, huh. The Ouya is not that expensive, is it? That little box? No. I think they're just going to stop selling it. I, well, yeah. I think I think the main. I mean, I mean, making hardware in any case, like when when you make hardware, you don't make money. Like that's that's the rule in the industry. Is that's what we call a loss leader. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even little device like that, that's a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, or eighty-five, depending upon you know. Like I think that there's like the the, the base model Ouya is cheaper now, but the, not neither here nor there. Yeah. Point mm-hmm. point being that Ouya is doing whatever Supporting it can to that, really make yeah. really find their niche. And with a game like that, Dragon Cancer, because I know that, that that when Ryan and Josh Larson uh, were sharing were, were showing the game at shows, they were basically feeling like who's going to give who, who wants to support this product. Uh, who who doesn't mind getting behind it so that we can we can fund our development and and get it to market sooner and that and that that of course is uh, the Ouya, why the Ouya got behind it because they're like they realized that the press was completely behind this game that, that everyone's excited to see it and try it and yeah with, it's a, with, such a strange thing too yeah and I, I mean and, is that like a kind of game that somebody's like hey I want to play that you know <laughs> yeah kind of which is the weird thing about it like but. The, the 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 nice thing about them putting it on Ouya or the concept of that is that you can put it on you can play it on a couch with other people and you can share it with with others um, especially in like a and and I, as I imagine it in like a church setting hmm. um, and and like here's here's a place where we can dialogue about this and go through this together and this might be a little bit too intense for some people and that's okay um, but. It's it's at its fundamental level about sharing that with community, and I think that's part of like Brian and Josh's ambition behind the project um, is that they want this to be something that you can share with others and not just play like isolated by yourself, crying in a in a in, a, in your basement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it'll be interesting to see if it will come through in the final product. I mean, I'm sure it will, but we'll see. You know, because nobody can kind of predict how art will make you react. Sure. I mean, you can just kind of you can throw out kind of these concepts and plot details in an audience, you, but you can't make them feel something. So, oh yeah, it, it will depend on how video gamers react as a whole to the idea of this and whether or not they're just going to let it fly. You know, the real question is how is PewDiePie going to respond to it, and is it going to make him scream? <laughs> <laughs> well, PewDiePie, you know, yeah. <laughs> So, um, PewDiePie plays that dragon cancer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that would be bizarre. That would be pretty bad. <laughs> I have no idea who PewDiePie is. Oh, he's uh, he's the most famous uh, let's player or YouTuber, yes. actually. I think, yeah, he's he is oh. literally the most famous YouTuber right now. He he basically just plays videos, uh, plays video games, and reacts to them. I watch YouTube every night when I'm falling asleep watching people play through games and stuff. Never heard of him. It is a he basically is a person from is it Sweden? Yeah, he's Sweden. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah? It's basically just a bunch of random non sequiturs. I mean, it's Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't get it. I don't find anything that he does interesting. Um but the kids love him. Yeah. I mean, I've heard of Nintendo Capri Sun. I've heard of uh, Chugga Conroy. I've heard a few others, John Tron and yeah. such. This uh, one is the decline of Western culture embodied in a person. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> if you were wondering, here it is. <laughs> Talk here it is. Suffering. The, the beginning know. of the end is right here. Hey, so, I have a, a quote that I would like to read to you guys that yeah, I, I think sort of brings some of this together. 
uh, we talked about Job, and we talked about some of the some of the Jewish concepts uh, of of suffering. And this is a quote from uh, John R. W. Stott, who is British, and uh, this is from the book um, "The Case for Christ," uh, Lee Strobel book. But I thought this was a great quote. Oh, John Someone Stott. Shared with me. Yes. Okay, Did I say yeah. it right? Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 No. I just added R. W. to it. This is the quote. I'm going to change my voice here so that you can appreciate it. I could never myself believe in God if it were not for the cross. In the real world of pain, how could one worship a God who was immune to it? I have entered many Buddhist temples in different Asian countries and stood respectfully before the statue of the Buddha, his legs crossed, arms folded, eyes closed, the ghost of a smile playing around his mouth, a remote look on his face, detached from the agonies of the world. But each time after a while, I have had to turn away. And in imagination, I have turned instead to that lonely, twisted, tortured figure on the cross. Nails through hands and feet, back lacerated, limbs wrenched, brow bleeding from thorn pricks, mouth dry and intolerably thirsty, plunged in God-forsaken darkness. That is the God for me. He laid aside his immunity to pain. He entered our world of flesh and blood, tears and death. He suffered for us. Our sufferings become more manageable in the light of his. There is still a question mark against human suffering, but over it we boldly stamp another mark, the cross that symbolizes divine suffering. The cross of Christ is God's only self-justification in a world such as ours. Boom. <laughs> That's a wrap. Shots yeah. fired. Anyway, in saying in essence there, the cross is, makes all the difference as far as how you can view suffering. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. And uh, that makes this season, now that we're officially in Lent, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a really yeah. good thing to, to sit and reflect on. Um, do, you guys, do you guys do Lent? Do you guys – have you ever like opted – we as kind of evangelicals don't really do Lent in a, any formal fashion, but um, in the world of thirty-one flavors of Protestantism, um, <laughs> there are some that do actively celebrate and acknowledge Lent, and others, like you said, that are a little more um, standoffish from it, or yeah. not as not as interested. And I guess my tradition has not really been to to do a lot with it. But it's interesting because this year, especially, I've been thinking about that a lot. Yes. Yeah. So, what thoughts do you have about it? I've never um, done it myself, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for for me, I mean, like, this, it, it's something that I've had to, like, willfully choose to opt into. Um, but it's from, from like, a, a traditional basic lay person, which, I, which is a, 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 an anti-biblical uh, view. But uh, from, from an every, every man's standpoint, it's about laying off of one thing. Often, mm-hmm. like, it's meat or something along those lines. Um, for me... Uh, it's really uh, what I'm doing this year is I'm laying off of uh, game news, so I had no idea about the Ouya. And typically, I know everything that's happening in the entire game industry, which is a, a boastful and arrogant way of saying that, like I, I pay way too much attention <laughs> to uh, game news and talking about games and thinking about games, and it occupies too much of my thought life. Um, and I want to be able to like just lay that down over here and let more of kingdom thought take over, um, more of Jesus life ministry, 
uh, and the scriptures to take over and and to replace. Uh, while while it's not overtly bad that I've been you know constantly in the flow of game news, um, it might be, it might be, and more importantly, I want to let uh, let Jesus and His kingdom uh, have greater space to access me. It's very similar to the concept of fasting. It um, is only. It's a- it's a form of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and 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 yeah. Actually, you're right. Yeah, it is a form of it, and that's and that's entirely the idea: is laying off something to make more room for God to have more more of His way in your life, uh, and that and you don't have to like get beads and go to Mardi Gras um, to be able to participate in the beginning of Lent. You can just kind of like opt in whenever you want. <laughs> yeah, it's forty days, you know, leading up to uh, to Easter and the cross. Uh, I've like I said, I've really had it on my mind. I have a friend who's a Catholic and is uh-huh. a, a sincere Catholic. You know, sometimes you yeah. say Catholic and you think of somebody just like, oh, you know, nominally a, Catholic. Yeah, yeah. Just living. yeah. Uh, this this friend of mine is is truly inspiring to me. And uh, mm-hmm. as she observes it, uh, like yesterday, on Wednesdays and Fridays, that's the day that they don't eat meat. Right. And uh, they're also just having she's having kind of a minimal diet for the next forty days. And mm-hmm. when I was uh, teaching children's church a lot, I had to talk one time about a verse, and the verse had the word fasting in it. And, you know, when you're a kid, you hear the word fasting, you're thinking something that makes you go fast, you know? Or something <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I found a translation that kind of broke it down to children's language, and I love this phrasing. It said, fasting is going without food so you can pray better. Yeah. And I like that. That's good. Huh, that is a good definition. Yeah, because every time that you are reminded of what you have chosen to give up, whether it's your stomach growling or I wonder what's on the news in Josh's case, you're supposed to take that moment of suffering and remember the cross mm-hmm. and remember Christ and, and, and pray for someone else, too. So. Yeah, and that, those, those are complete. That, that's, I, I'm glad you're here, Ted. <laughs> he is very good at making concepts clearer than they would be otherwise. Yeah, I I uh, I, I know I meander. Um, but, yeah, but, and but, sometimes yeah, I, I'm confusing the other way, so don't even worry about that. But yeah, that, that simple aspect of, of uh, the one visual that I think is really good for Lent is Jesus working his way towards Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And, and for us to really enter in, especially for Holy Week, for, especially for the last week of Lent, to really take that time, and this is this is, if if uh, if you're listening to this and this is a new concept, I encourage everybody to really um, consider observing Holy Week as a going through the text and experiencing um, Jesus' final week of normal human minist- not resurrected from the dead ministry, um, and experiencing it with him, experiencing what is he emphasizing. And the book of John is fantastic for that. Mm-hmm. Um, the book of Mark is also fantastic for that. Um, and so is, so is Luke and, and Matthew. But th- those two books in particular, especially because uh, John is, the first half of John is like Jesus' introduction in his ministry. The second half of it is like that entire last week. Um, like from like John like 11 to the, the, the very end of John, which I think is 21. Yeah, 12 forward, yeah. I mean, after yeah. the resurrection of Lazarus, it's all pretty much headed to the cross. 
Actually, yeah. the whole thing is headed to the cross. I mean, yeah. Even at the, uh, I mean, I don't, and I don't mean that in a light way. Uh, even at the uh, his first miracle of um, uh, turning the water into the wine at that that wedding, he says to his mother, "You know, my my hour has not come." Well, what is he talking about when oh. he's talking about his hour? You evangelicals, you. <laughs> he's talking about the cross. Yeah. I'm not being evangelical. I'm just saying what's in the Bible. Is that what that is? <laughs> yeah. for, for me i end up not like giving up anything i just end up getting like just kind of i wouldn't say disenfranchised but i just kind of say i don't know i'm just not gonna play video games this week and that's what i do you know that's and honestly that. that's that's not a bad idea for, especially for holy week is to just like if, if you're not the kind of person who thinks you can go for a whole 40 days without playing games which is me um <laughs> <laughs> um at least for like holy week to just give things up for that one week and really just like focus hardcore on, on uh, Jesus, the text and, and what does that mean for us? And what does that mean for the world? Yeah, I, th- I think I'm just strange in this case though. Cause I just like, don't do something just cause I'm like, uh, I don't know. I don't feel like doing that. Right. And I'll just go read a book or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I don't ever actually give anything up. I'll be in, in that sense, but I do other things. So it gives me a different perspective on how yeah. my life is going and how the world works, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like too, and because there's no there's no rule that says you have to do something during a specific time of the yeah. year. I, yeah. I respect that in a sense where you know traditions can be so much a part of uh, a group of people that they want to honor and do that, and they actually capture. The yeah. real meaning behind it, but instead the specificity, of just doing it. yeah, but the but, specificity of the ritual, yeah, when it takes place is not the important part, right, right, yeah, right, yeah. but uh, but certainly Christ compels us to give up everything and follow and follow Him. So yeah, uh, yeah. and that so, happens any day of of our life. It can happen today if you're listening, folks. You can you can lay it all down, and you can take it to the cross. Uh-oh, now I'm evangelical. Altar call, altar call. Here we go. As the organist is playing, just as I am, I would like you to start coming down the aisles. Or yes, some kind I of see like, you in the back, sir. Or yes. some kind of guitar song. You know, it's like the, the strumming of the guitar. It's like, yeah. this is an emotional big, moment. Big Everybody, yeah. you know, bow your head down. If Nobody's looking. If you want to receive Jesus in your life, raise your hand right now. <laughs> Receive Jesus in your heart, which, by the way, is nowhere in the New Testament, receiving Jesus in your heart. But that doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We're doing it anyway. But, but, but Ted, you actually really step on on the the nail in a a healthy way. Um, The aspect of Jesus asks, invites us to lay everything down for him. And that's that's what what is most important to me. Like, I, I, I would love to, like, just get people saved if that was something that I could do, but I can't because Jesus is more interested in making people the Lord of their, of their life. Like, like actively, like making people like make him the Lord of their life. Um, master. Um, and like, like you said, lay everything, lay everything in, at, at his feet and make him. And, and, that, and, and why him? Why not Moses? Why not Abraham? Why not, uh, uh Buddha? Why not, uh, the, uh, Islam guy, Muhammad. Uh, <laughs> Islam. Yeah, sorry. But, uh, you know, there is a key difference there is that Jesus is the only one who's alive. All the others are gone. You know, they, they, yeah. they went to the grave and stayed there. But Jesus, you know, the claim is 
that he faced death and he won. He was victorious. Yeah. He's the only one who can can do it. It's not just suffering, it's also his glory as a result of his suffering. And that's mm. and that's another point of Lent is Lent doesn't end at Jesus dying. Lent ends at Jesus raising from the dead. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, I was thinking this too. This would be just a this is a side thought here to be mm-hmm. playing some game sometime and that had a time travel element or something like that. And if you were in Jerusalem, like right during the time of the cross, or maybe where it wasn't like the crucifixion was the key part of the story, but you were working on some backstory, you know, there's the passion going on, or the, you see the, the crucifixion of, of Christ even happening, you know, that'd be kind of cool to me. Assassin's Creed 5. Something like that. <laughs> oh man, they would yeah. never do that. If they yeah. ever did that, people would just go nuts. I mean, would again, be, I know, it would be awesome. It, and they would not to do it to make any kind of point other than that he just happened to be there at that yeah. time, at that historical yeah. event. Yeah. So. so as you can tell, I'm guessing video games are not and suffering are a strange combination combo. of things. That's a strange combo platter right there. Yeah. A little, yeah. <laughs> but it is there. I mean, you think about it. Yeah. Uh one of the great unfair moments of uh, video games that I came across on the internet was it's unfair that you can play Guitar Hero and think that you're a great guitar player, <laughs> but in reality, you're, you're just a, you're no further along with playing a real guitar than than you were before you became an expert at Guitar Hero. Well, that's something unfair. Is, that's that's actually changed in in this past year with uh, Rocksmith 2014. Yeah, I have Rocksmith, yeah, and. Uh, my my friend was actually saying like he actually is legitimately learning how to play guitar because of that game. Yeah, if he practices, it's amazing what he'll learn to do. Yeah, or playing but, fighting games and getting totally dominated all the time, and then saying, <laughs> "Why do I bother?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, to learn to play the guitar well, though, it involves a level of suffering. It involves calluses yeah. on fingers. It involves hours of practice and scales and and all of that element. So, and that yeah. game, Rocksmith, really helps make that happen. But. Uh, it's just it's one of those things where sometimes video games make you think that you can achieve all this wonderfulness without having to suffer for it, and uh, yeah. that's not reality. Yeah, that's that's a really except good. for Josh and his fighting games. I Me? mean Zach and his oh, fighting Zach. games. Yeah, he's back. Yeah, good that's... to meet you guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and with that, I think we can kind of wrap it up. That's yeah. just why you suffer. Yeah. <laughs> so suffering, awesome. <laughs> Final conclusion, the best. Suffering, achievement, 30 points. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so any final thoughts or is, I think we kind of did I think, I think well, Ted's but... final thoughts were pretty good. What, what was, well, what was the guys? guys? Stott. John Stott. John Stott? Yeah, John, John Stott. Stott. He's very um, well known in evangelical circles. I'm pretty he? sure. Yeah. Cool. He died a couple years ago. That's what I remember. Did it really? Yeah, 2011? Huh. Well, yeah, there you go. If That's Look it up on Wikipedia words. and prove me wrong. Here's to you, Stott. That was some good wording. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And Josh, anything else? No? I'm, I'm, I don't know what else to say. This is, this is all I have. <laughs> <laughs> speechless, speechless. That's how you make me feel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That is let the- it go, let it go. <laughs> let the fire burn the snow. I don't think that's a real part of the song. But. <laughs> I don't care. 
Okay. Just go ahead and do your little closing spiel. I'm just going to sing it in the background. <laughs> this has been the Theology Gaming Podcast. If you like what you heard, you can go on iTunes and give us a five-star rating. We really appreciate it. If you'd like to ask us questions, go on Facebook and join the Theology Gaming University. Tuition is completely free, but there are tests, so watch it. And That's a joke. Yes. <laughs> That's why I paused. Yes. <laughs> if you'd like to see more of Josh's stuff, it's everywhere. Love subverts, game prolific. Church. Yeah, he is prolific in the Christianity video games cross section of games writing. So if you like that stuff, you're in good hands. And Ted Loring is at wellmanted.com and he has a YouTube channel. Which I Not so prolific. No. <laughs> But if you Working like to, on that, though. But if you'd like to watch Ted mispronounce Master System over and over again in a collection <laughs> video, then that is something what, you... What did I do? Master System <laughs> over and over again. And then you commented on you also saying Master System. I keep saying Master System. <laughs> that's, that's what is scary. Why I... Uh, I don't know. I keep saying Master System. <laughs> <laughs> With that, that is the Theology Gaming Podcast. Uh, Everybody say uh, goodbye. Love you guys. Bye.